Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we, we ask that this morning that these, these words would help us uh, to know, uh, to know again, to know more deeply, to maybe know for the first time that you are the Lord. You are our Saviour. You are our Redeemer. That you are the Mighty One of Jacob. Would that be a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives this morning? Amen. I wonder what it was that woke you up or got you out of bed this morning. Uh, perhaps it was a thought of, it's Sunday and Tom's preaching. Nobody. Good. Maybe it was the kindness of somebody bringing you a, a cup of tea. Or somebody wrestling the duvet off you. Was it the sound of your alarm or was it you waking up suddenly feeling alarmed? Uh, was it, if you've got children, a small finger being shoved up your nose or a child leaping on you in sort of full body slam mode? Was it your bladder announcing that it was full or your stomach telling you that it needed filling? Were you woken up by the dawn chorus or by a dog barking? Or perhaps this morning you were woken up quite simply uh, by somebody telling you the words, rise and shine. They're God's words to us this morning. Hopefully um, we're not sleeping. Those of you uh, watching at home, you might be watching from bed, I don't know. But hopefully we're awake. But yet it's God's word to us this morning. I wonder if you notice at the start of that reading, page 748 in the, the church Bibles, Isaiah 60. says, arise, shine. That's what God wants to say to you, all of us this morning. Rise and shine. These, these were words written to God's people centuries before Jesus, but they continue to, to cut through and sound out uh, to us as we gather as God's people this morning. Arise, shine. And Isaiah 60, I think there are three huge encouragements for us, three huge encouragements to fuel our life together, three huge encouragements for us to focus on as we seek to follow Jesus, three huge encouragements to help us this week, each morning, get out of bed. The first one is this. Arise and shine, because the light of the Lord is upon us. The light of the Lord is upon you. What if you ever thought about it? When we get up in the morning, when we rise and shine, all we are doing is copying what, from our perspective, the sun is doing. Unless, of course, you're working night shifts, live in the Arctic, or it's the middle of winter and you're up before the sun. But if you think about it, the sun rises and shines, and so we copy it. We do the same. And so when we hear at the start of Isaiah 60, those words, arise and shine, it's not because it's what we do naturally. It's because we copy. We're doing something that has already happened. We arise and shine because the Lord has risen and he shines first. Arise and shine, it says on Isaiah 64. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. That light is none other than the glory of God himself. The greatness of God's presence lights everything 
And for God's people in and around Isaiah's day, I guess their minds would have, would have tracked straight to the hope of returning home after exile, after being taken away from their land, after being a defeated people, returning home of, of being God's people in the place where God's presence was, the city of Jerusalem, sometimes called the city of Zion. But for this to happen, they would need a leader to lead them, God's king. They would need themselves to be transformed from being a a fickle and unfaithful people to being a faithful and steadfast people. They needed their enemies to be conquered. And it's exactly what God promises page after page through Isaiah. And it turns out the book of Isaiah is very much like the best kind of box of chocolates. How do you know if you've got a good box of chocolates? It's got another layer to it. So does Isaiah. Dig a bit deeper. Dig a bit deeper. And the light of the Lord is more than God's people in the Old Testament returning home. No, no, that is just a picture of something far better, uh, of something that every human, every person needs. A full and complete return to the one true living God. And to think that's something that I can do by myself, in my own strength, in my own abilities. Well, if you think that, well, you're like me, aged five, with my spade in my parents' garden, digging a hole with a smile on my face. And when I'm asked, what are you doing? I say, I'm digging to Australia. We can't do it, but God does. And it's exactly what he promises throughout the pages of Isaiah. He promises a king from the line of David to lead a suffering servant whose wounds would heal and bring peace. A divine warrior who we were thinking about last week who crushes the enemies of sin and death and the devil. It's a promise ultimately of Jesus Christ who stepped into history and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The greatness of God's presence lights everything up. When you go out of the door at the end of the service, fine, if I'm looking that way, I'm confident the sun is shining. And you step into the sunshine and pause for a moment and you feel it's got warmth in this, this strange yellow thing in the sky we're not used to. It's got warmth in it and you can feel it on your face. Pause and do that. And then realize that if you this morning belong to Jesus, You sometimes need to do the same, to allow the sunshine of the gospel to warm your life. Because you have the king of heaven who leads you every moment, every day, in every decision. You have the saving, suffering servant who we already heard from Hebrews 4 completely understands and gets our weaknesses, our struggles, our temptations, who forgives us, who brings us peace, who heals us. You have the divine warrior who is bloodied from the battle, but victorious, risen from the dead, who defends you. Take a moment. Feel the sunshine of the gospel on your life. This week, whatever day you you're waking up, whatever it is that wakes you up, however you feel about waking up. Arise and shine. Because if you belong to Jesus, the light of the Lord is upon you. That's the first huge encouragement to, to fuel our life together, to, to focus on as we seek to follow Jesus, uh, to get us up in the morning. The second one is this. 
Arise, shine, because nations are proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Let's listen again to, to verse 3. It says, nations, the nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes, look, look about you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters are carried on the hip. The picture is of people from all the nations surrounding God's people gathering together, bringing all that they've got and being included as part of God's people. As the light of the Lord shines on God's people, it attracts a global gathering. Just listen to the the names of the nations that are name-checked. Midian, Ephah, Sheba, Kedar, Nebaioth, Tarshish, Lebanon. I just want to pick one of those. Verse 6, Sheba. Do you notice what what we're told? We're told uh, people will come from there bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. I just want to take us to Matthew chapter 2 where we're told. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, we know this first, don't we? It's Christmas. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came down. They saw the child with his mother, Mary. What did they do? They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frank, incense, and myrrh. God, through Jesus, draws a global gathering of nations who proclaim his praise. God is still very much in the business of doing this. Uh, And just just some stories to to remind us that though we gather in this place, God is gathering people around the world. Uh, This is a picture from China. It's from Open Doors of of teenagers gathering together uh, at a youth summer camp to pray to pray for their country, to pray for their families. But in China, if you are under 18, it is illegal to be involved with a church activity. It is illegal to be involved with the religious activity. And there they are praying. God is building his church. Some of you might remember back to last summer when we heard about the project Knighton to Ukraine. Uh, Local churches serving local churches. Uh, There's a team going out, five, uh, five going out uh, in June to help run a children's uh, camp for primary school aged children. Uh, They're expecting about 40 children. When a similar camp was run uh, before Christmas, they prepared for maybe 50 children coming. 200 turned up. Or we could go to South America, to to Bolivia, to a, a local church there. A local church called Dios en Cristo Church, led by a, a pastor called Fernando. When he began there, it was a church of 18 people. Today, it is a church of 250. It was our mission partner, uh, MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship. Uh, this statistic staggered me when I first saw it. It still staggers me now. MAF fly to more destinations in the world than the big six airlines do combined. Why? Why do they do it? Because they have a vision to see isolated people changed by the love of Christ. The light of Jesus shines through his people and it's magnetic. It's magnetic. And I want to speak to you this morning. If you're here and you wouldn't yet say that you're a Christian, maybe you're here 
because you've been attracted by something about the Christian faith or our life together, whatever it might be. If that's you, I'm so thrilled that you're here. But I want you to know that in terms of Isaiah 60, you're on the edge of light. The edge of light is darkness. It's, it's the shadows. And verse 12 says that to continue in that place doesn't go well. It says for the nations or kingdom that will not serve you will perish. It will be utterly ruined. So if you're here this morning and you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian, I think what I want to say to you is, could now be the moment for you to step into the light and follow Jesus. How, how do you do that? Just like these nations were doing in Isaiah 60, bringing everything you've got, laying it before Jesus and saying, here I am. You don't have to have everything sorted. You don't have to have a good track record. That spot in verse 14, how some of the people coming are described. Children of your oppressors will come bowing before you. All who despise you will bow down at your feet. And so if that is you this morning, uh, at the end of my sermon, uh, when we'll be singing some songs, there'll be an opportunity uh, to come to the side here for, for a prayer ministry. And you can just come up and say, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me to receive the Holy Spirit? If, if that feels like too big a step to take, um, I'll be by the front door at the end of the service. Just come over to me uh, and say, can I have a chat with you outside? We'll find a quiet spot outside and I'll pray for you there. And if you're part of things here at St. Luke's, um, you'll know that one of our priorities this year for 2023 uh, is to be sharing our faith with Jesus with others. Isaiah 60 says this is something to be really excited about. Have a look. Verse 5. It says, you will look around. You'll be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. This thought of people being drawn into God's people. Hearts throb and swell with joy. We can get excited because sharing our faith with others isn't about you and me being really good at it. It's about God doing that work and saying, will you join in? So this week, why not start with a few of those people who don't know Jesus, who you, you regularly see, regularly have contact with. Pray for them every day. Pray, Lord, would you bring them to saving faith in Jesus? And then I want you to be really brave and really bold and add, will you use me? Will you use me? And if you want to come and pray for some of those people, whilst we've got prayer ministry going on later on in the service, please take that opportunity. Huge encouragements to fuel our life together, to focus on as we follow Jesus, uh, to get, get us out of bed in the morning. Arise, shine, for the light of the Lord is upon you. Arise, shine, for nations are proclaiming the praise of the Lord. And lastly and thirdly, arise, shine, because your days of sorrow will end. As the light of the Lord shines, as nations proclaim the praise of God, there's this final promise in Isaiah 60 of final transformation. Those final verses speak of it. Verse 15, what's forsaken and hated becomes something of everlasting pride, of joy down through generations. Verse 17, we find bronze turns into gold, iron becomes silver, wood becomes bronze, stones become iron, and then we're told peace will rule. That well-being in life that we seek after now 
will rule over us. Verse 18, no more violence, no more ruin, no more destruction. Here is a description of eternity in the presence of God. So we read in verse 19, the sun will be no more. uh, Let's try that again. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of sorrow will end. I'm well aware I'm speaking at the end of Mental Health Awareness Week. And I know that preaching a message that says arise and shine, well, for a number here, might not land well. Because it can be easy to think this call to arise and shine, that the thought of the, the Lord, the light of the Lord shining upon you, this great chorus of nations proclaiming the praises of God means that we should look around and go, yes, I am winning at life. What if you're not? What if you're here this morning? What if you're watching here this morning and you're not? You need to hear. I need to hear the reality of life that Isaiah speaks of for now. Our experience of life now is that there are days of sorrow. Days when you don't want to get out of bed. Days when it's hard to get out of bed. Days when you physically can't get out of bed. Days when you are laid up in a hospital bed. Arise and shine. Your days of sorrow will end. There is a day coming of total transformation. Verse 21. All your people will be righteous. They will possess the land forever. They are the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands, of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest, a mighty nation. I am the Lord's, and it's time I will do this swiftly. Three huge encouragements for us this morning to fuel our life together as St. Luke's Church to focus on as we seek each of us to follow Jesus, to help this week get us up each morning. Arise and shine. The light of the Lord is upon you. Nations are proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Your days of sorrow will end. It says in Proverbs chapter 4, The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Let's say, Heavenly Father, this morning, by your Spirit, if we need to feel the sunshine of the gospel on our faces, on our lives, would you be leading us into that? Would you help us to know that You are drawing people from around the world to be yours, to proclaim your praise. You invite us to be part of that. And Lord, if we're here this morning and we need to take that step for the first time, would you help us to take it? And Lord, with our weaknesses, our sorrows and our sadnesses, would you help us this morning to know with absolute certainty that our days of sorrow will end. 
for we ask it in the name of of Jesus, our King, our suffering servant, our divine warrior. Amen.